So I want to ask a question this morning. Uh, are you in a good place? I think probably over this last year, I've heard that expression used more frequently than many others. And a lot of times the answer is, no, I'm not in a good place right now, or I'm not in a good space right now. And it's been, it's been a good way for us to, to help one another to kind of face circumstances and the situations around us. But it, um, it, it is kind of a introspective realization, am I in a good place or, or am I not in a good place? Uh, I, I want to talk about the incredible realization that Jesus was in a good place in the middle of the week leading up to his crucifixion and resurrection. And I, I understand from what we're going to look at this morning that his ability to love came out of his being in a good place. And as we kind of round the, the circle on all of the ways that we've talked about love over the last number of weeks, I, I think we would understand that the, the only time we are really ready to love is when we're in a good place. When we are somewhere other than, you know, a, a place of equilibrium or a, a place of peace or, or, or shalom, whatever it is, that then it, it becomes very hard to live out the love that we're experiencing from God and are required to, li to live with one another. So it brings me to John chapter 13, and I want to just bring you some very, very familiar verses in John 13, the first couple of verses. And this is right before the arrest of Jesus. All of the other synoptics actually um, talk about the, the dinner, the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples. John chooses not to include that, but he just simply says, after supper, and then he gives this account. So this was happening uh, right at the time that we understand the Last Supper was taking place, and that was probably on the Wednesday of Holy Week. So the next couple of days would be full of um, the trials, the, the spectacle that they were making of Jesus as they uh, found him guilty and, and then led him to Calvary. And right before then, so, you know, you, you sometimes don't place things in the right order or near one another. But right before all of that, Jesus did this. And what he, he did w was an extravagant thing, but also a very, very telling thing. And, and I think, you know, a simple way to summarize how he was able to do this is to say he was in a good place. So knowing what was going to happen in the next few days, he was yet in a good place. So here's what we find in John chapter 13. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. He loved them to the very end. Could be translated that way, or it could be that he loved them in the deepest, deepest way. So the story is that Jesus has loved his disciples, which is 
it's a beautiful thought and, and a beautiful meditation that whatever else characterizes the relationship between Jesus and the disciples, he was full of love for them. You know, you, you get the sense that when he was able to have time with his disciples, it was precious time to him. It was time that he thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed because it, w- it would have been fun to be together and he loved them deeply as, as his dear friends. And so now as John is kind of telling us about the, the final events of Jesus' lives, or Jesus' life, he says that he had loved his disciples and now he was going to love them to the very end. It was time for supper, and that's the last supper, so that gives us the, the context and time. And the, the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simus, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. The next verse goes on to say, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. So just before the awful, awful events that he had full knowledge of in anticipation, he was able to have this this peaceful, present time when he demonstrated his love for his disciples. You know, was he not preoccupied with the, the pain that would come? Was he not preoccupied with the treachery? Was Was he not distressed over Judas and his betrayal? Was he not worried over Peter and whether Peter would survive um, his attempts and failures and, and all of that? Was there not, you know, a crowding into his mind of all of these pressures that if someone had, had come and been able to sort of zero in on Jesus at that point and said, are, are you in a good place? The kind of the notion might have been, I'm sure you're not in a good place. Because everything that even went on on Sunday, in, in Palm Sunday, was a lie. It was a charade. It, 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 it didn't reflect anything in terms of, of the heart readiness of your people. And you're headed down this path now. So, you know, we might have expected that Jesus needed somewhere by himself. He needed some way to kind of get himself geared up for or, or or toughened for the things that would take place over the next few days. And yet, he, it, that's not what we're told. We're told that after dinner, um, he does this remarkable thing of washing his disciples' feet. So after they have supper, we're told this story that he, he simply takes a basin and towel and he goes around and he washes his disciples' feet. I presume his his heart of love was was reaching out to each one of them, and I pray I'm sure he was praying over them, remembering the relationship he had had with them, thinking about all the things that were in store for them, and thinking about the few days ahead of them and how that would be incredibly difficult for them. But one by one, he went around and and washed his disciples' feet, and I think anyone observing him might have said he's in a very good place. He's just peaceful, he's, he's joyful, he's, 
he's doing this very strange thing that belongs to a servant, not to a person like this, and yet here he is willing to do this. Well, as we think about it, we, we've seen this before. There, there are a few little telltale things that teach us how it is that Jesus was in a good place. How could he be in this place of being centered, of being grounded, of being prepared, that he could actively show his love for his disciples? So we know that when, when, when we're worried about something, when we have anxiety in our hearts, it's hard to be close to the people near us. You know, you might tend to just sort of push them away. I remember a certain um, psychological test that I used to use on, on premarital counseling couples. And the, the training about this showed that, um, you know, time after time you, you could imagine the results that would probably come with such and such a couple. And there's one uh, case study that, that was, was shown that, that said this person that was, you know, given the instrument back some time ago, um, he showed up to be like this, and then another time that he took the same test, he show, showed up to be this, and it was in, in a totally different person. I mean, a person who had seemed to be um, relaxed, well-adjusted, happy, and all that, in, in the proper psychological jargon, turned out to be somebody who was really edgy and critical. And, of course, it's a story to, to prove a point, but the point was that this was a bomb disposal expert. And so when you're going to, to dispose of a bomb, you don't want to be in the place of being all calm and everything's wonderful. You want to be uptight. You want to be right. With Jesus, with all of these things that are, that are impending, you would think he would be in some way uptight. So how is it that he is able to be calm and present and in a good place? Well, I think the language of this little, little passage just explains it all completely. There's one little word in the middle of verse, verses at the end of this, where it simply says, so. So it says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God, so he got up from the table. And the so is a word that we would do well to kind of focus on and, and try to understand why is it that that's so? Why was this the reason that he would then get up and wash the disciples' feet? So, so just to get the, the, the syntax here, we're told that Jesus knew the Father had given him authority over everything, that he'd come from God and would return to God. So he was going to do something. Well, why are these the reasons that he would do something? I think that's where we get the, the answer to how could Jesus have been in a good place? How could Jesus have done something that was so full of love in the face of all of the things that were before him? All of the, the things that were, were facing him down with, with you know, the dark Lord um, energizing all of it and, and the, the very uh, sort of environment was the environment of the attack of Satan. Well, here's what, what we see in this. And what I'd like to take you to is the three things that I think are 
those that contribute to Jesus being in a good place. So the first is this beginning sentence that says Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. So in red, the Father had given him authority over everything. Secondly, that he had come from God. Thirdly, that he would return to God. And then the word so. So those three things contribute, I think, to his being in this good place. And if we're able to learn these things and practice these things, uh, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what um, is facing us, no matter what is in the days to come or the times to come, um, maybe we can find a way that even in difficult situations we, we can be in a good place. The three things that I think are identified are these aspects, first of all, meaning, and secondly, origin, and thirdly, destiny. I think if, if, if I were to get a hold of these things in, in a lively way, in a, in a way that my heart was gripped by them, I might be able, in the middle of very difficult times, to do the very unusual thing of loving people, and the way that Jesus loved them, of course, in this story is, is a great example. The way that he loved them was by complete servanthood, was by complete service. So Jesus was able to, to, to leave whatever else there was aside and perform this act of really deep service, this demonstration of his love, because if we follow the soul, and the sequence of that, because he was clear on his meaning, his origin, and his destiny. If I'm clear on the meaning of my life, the origin of my life, and the destiny of my life, those things, I think, can help clear away whatever else might preoccupy me and might give me the kind of the, the smooth sailing opportunity to move into deep love for other people. What are those things about? I see the meaning of Jesus' life where we're told that Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. What did Jesus' life mean? His life meant that he was the one appointed by the Father, used by the Father, and given authority and stature and status and honor by the Father. All of those things, no matter what else happened in Jesus' life, were absolutely clear in his mind and in his heart. He knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. For us, meaning, maybe we can use the word identity as a synonym for that. When, when we understand what our lives mean and who we are, We've talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about how much more important it is to know whose we are than to know who we are. And when we understand that the meaning of our lives is is tied up in our relationship with God. And when we look around these days, we understand that the questions of meaning are coming along, aren't they? They're, they're making, these days are making us wonder, well, what, what did life really mean when you know, when everything changes around us and we had invested in a whole lot of things that we thought were meaningful to us, when those things seem to be shifting 
or seem in fact to be disappointing really, what does life really mean? I mean, what is the meaning of our lives? And, and a way to think about that is the question of identity. Who, who am I in the middle of all of this? Who, who am I um, as I go through this difficult time, as we go through this difficult time? Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority. And because that was a matter that was already settled for him, he could then move into kind of a forensic demonstration of what it looks like when you've got those things sorted out and how you relate to the people around you. He had loved his disciples and now he was going to prove that his love went to the nth degree, that his love went fully um, and it went to the very end. The second part of it was that he knew that he had come from God which is part of the first as well, that it was what gave him his understanding of his meaning and, and identity. But he knew that he had come from God. I've been reading a book called Breaking the Code, which is fun. It explains how you get a vaccine against COVID, how you understand the difference between DNA and RNA and a thing called the CRISPR that allows them to, well, just wonderful things. But... As I go through it, the more I read, the more I understand that we came from somewhere and the fingerprints of God are all over us. And that makes an incredible difference, doesn't it? Um, you know, you may track science on an evolutionary model or um, probably that's the prevalent one. And whatever and there are things in all of that that are scientifically valid and true but when it implies or when it depends on there not being a god everything you know the ground gives way under it because knowing that we actually come from god it is the beginning of of having lives that make sense um if, if we are not uh, the result of God intending and God actually acting to, to bring about humankind, well, what are we then? And, and what is the point then? And, and how do you find meaning in your life? When, when we understand that God from the very beginning said, I'm going to make man in my image that that was what he was all about, that, that his image, as we understand it, is that God is a God who is one and three. God is a God who is community. God is a God who is, who is completely full of grace and mercy. And he says, I, let's make man like us. And, and so what God did, and of course, um, what the enemy tried and has tried through all of time to thwart is God's good intention to make humankind like him. And, and that's why we came to be. That's where we came from. The message of Genesis is that God created. That if you don't start there, you aren't going to get to the right conclusion, no matter what other sort of pathways you take along the way. So Jesus knew that he had come from God. And how, how many times did he 
you know, take on the Pharisees by saying, Here, here's what you won't accept, that I've come from God. You keep on insisting that I did not come from God because you know what the implications of that are, but I'm going to keep on saying, I am from God, and everything that I do is evidence that I didn't just appear from nowhere. I came from God. That's why I know what I know. That's why I do what I do. That's why I am able to be and to have the power that I have because I came from God. And you need to be able to explain that, which you're not able to do by just saying that isn't this the carpenter's son. You, you need to understand where I came from. The third thing is that he knew he would return to God. And when we get older and older, questions of destiny also begin to kind of float into our heads and say, when all of this is over, what is next? And with Jesus, when we understand what was next for him, and we wonder how can he not be disquieted, how can he be in a good place, what he knew was that he was going back to the Father. It was get through these next several days, take on the dark Lord, take on death itself, but hold on because you're going to the Father. Knowing where we are going um, can travel back to make sense of how we live while we're here. So where do we come from? Where are we going to? And what does it all mean? And, and when those parts of the, the questions of life kind of get pieced together and we can return to them and say, okay, on the basis of the meaning that I know to be in my life, on the basis of the origin that I know is true of who I am, on the basis of the destiny that I know is before me, I'm going to be able to be unshackled from things that might be pulling me down or overly concerning me, and I'm going to be able to move into the thing that is the most beneficial way that I can live out my meaning destiny or my meaning origin and destiny and that is to love people and in what way to love people well Jesus said I've, I've loved you this whole time now I'm going to show you what love looks like when it gets to its extreme application and what he did with the disciples following that was the supreme example of of servanthood in the ordinary sense of living life and caring for other people. So he went around and he washed their feet. Of course, he came to Peter, and in typical fashion, Peter protested and said, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, if, if you won't let me wash your feet, you can't be part of this deal. So Peter recanted and said, okay, wash me all, or wash all of me, whatever it was. Lovely lovely little um, comments along the way that in the middle of this is, again, the observation that comes that says Jesus is, is in a good place. He's, he's in a place of satisfaction. He's in a place of rest. He's in a place of knowing that what he has come to be and do is almost now at the end. And so he's able, out of this good place, 
to care for other people. I don't know how and when the pandemic is going to be over. I don't know what difficulties there are. Uh, I don't know what other things will come into our lives because how many times, you know, do you hear the stories of people who think, well, once I got through this, next thing you know, this other terrible thing happened. And, and those are the realities of, of our world. This life is a challenging life. This world is, is a challenging world because it's, it's a fallen world. And, and in the middle of it, we are called to be examples of our relationship with God. And as we've been seeing in, in the letter John wrote, um, God is love. And so in every way that we express what we know about him, how we relate to him, and how we relate to others, it, it all needs to be in this context of love. So how do we love one another with this deep kind of love that would be love enduring to the end? Or that would be love that, that goes as deep as you could imagine it going? Well, for Jesus, he was able to demonstrate that love simply by understanding that the Father had given him all authority, that it had come from the Father, and that he's going back to the Father. I think it's an important thing to ask ourselves, well, what am I here for? What is the meaning of my life? And as we kind of have an opportunity maybe with life stopping in this kind of a, of a pandemic, it's good to ask, well, okay, I, I know now where I came from and where I'm going, but what am I here for now? And how is God engineering to use me in, in all of this. It, it must be some way in which I will express love because that's who he is, what he's like, and what I'm called to be and do. So in what way do I need to move um, sort of from, from every point that I find myself into a love that is that love that, that basically is in motion. It's, it's all around me. Um, and just so that we are ready to be those people and to do those things, I would just encourage you to think about these ways that Jesus found stability, um, found his opportunity to be in a good place, and then was able to show an, another incredible demonstration of his love for his friends and followers. So he got up from the table and he washed his disciples' feet. I'm sure there are ways that we are going to be able to do that. I hope you're still following your 40-day your suggestions. And uh, in one way or another, let us show our love for one another. And may we do it out of the freedom that says that we understand um, who we are, where we've come from, and, and where we're going. God bless.